This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today is how can creating and creativity be used to form human connections and change the world? With us today is a wonderful guest and listener, Emily Cummings. Hi, I'm Emily. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Emily has a BA in studio art and communications from Sonoma University, and you also had a stint in a master's program. Is that correct? Yeah, but I didn't finish. I dropped out. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) why why did you drop out? It's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) We need to warn listeners already. There's been a lot of giggling this morning, and so if there is some of that on the show today, we might be giggling. Just FYI. So we pulled Emily in for our interview today because we wanted her uh, opinion on this idea about art and creating and what does that mean for forming connections and changing the world, particularly in a really stressful time in American Mm -hmm. history. Not that there weren't previous stressful times. Um, So let's start a little bit with uh, telling us a bit about yourself. How do you how do you describe yourself? I describe myself as a coffee and champagne drinker (laughs) that who draws and makes many things. Hmm. Because I feel like that's my favorite way to spend my time. Mm. And lately, I feel like I'm in the golden age of, like, the Emily. Everything's coming up Emily because I found the perfect recipe for spending time alone. I love to spend time alone. Yeah. I mean, you ladies are lovely. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I can't wait to get back home (laughs) and be alone. And. Podcasts and audiobooks. Mm-hmm. This is like the time for them mm-hmm. on your phone yeah. to be able to have that going in my ears while I'm yeah. drawing or creating something with my hands. I get to do two things at once and I feel double accomplished. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. It's just the best. <laughs> be like, you... I read this book, but I also made yeah. this cheesecake yeah. or whatever. So your brain is fine <laughs> doing two things at once in this oh, way? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then sometimes, it could be weeks later if I revisit that visual thing, that thing I drew or whatever. Yeah. I'll remember what I was listening mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Oh, nice. I drew a picture of uh, former sounder now, Chad Marshall. Mm, poor one. While listening Chad. to the episode of the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend <laughs> podcast with Tig Notaro. Mm, I've listened to it I three times. So it's yep. like um, – And then I went back to that image, like (laughs) back to it, meaning like I had a printed out copy. I was like, oh, I should color this in. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And all of a sudden I was like, I'm remembering the Tig Notaro episode. It's got to be good for your brain. Oh, forming connections. connections. I do that more with um, like road trip because I'll listen to audio books on road trips Uh and so I'll remember certain moments. But my brain is not wired like that as as much. If I I like think about anytime I re-listen to um, David Sedaris Naked, Mm -hmm. I was on a road trip to Detroit with my mom when we Mm -hmm. listened to that entire thing. And it's like I think six or seven hours Mm -hmm. long. Um, The – I think about just those like big empty spaces in – America, you know, that are just like cornfields, right? I want to start saying, wide open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also David Sedaris. I remember when I was getting ready to go to college, and my mom was like, why do you have to be going so far? Because it was like an (laughs) eight-hour drive from where I grew up. 
I was like, I need, and I started singing it to her because Dixie Chicks was very big in the late 90s. Yeah. And she started crying. Oh, and no, I was like, no. oh, I guess not everyone's I'm sorry, excited mom. about this. <laughs> I'm, like, sorry, I'm very mom. excited sorry, about mom. it. Mom. <laughs> what brought you up to Washington State from California? Okay, so quite a little like, yeah. so, you can tell us a bit about it. It's, of course. So I grew up in Oak Park, California, a tiny mm-hmm. little suburb kind of near the valley, Thousand Oaks mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Um, Really great place to grow up, very safe. Um, and then wanted to go a little bit out of there, but we could afford schools in California, mm-hmm. and I could get into state schools. Mm-hmm. So the so, so Sonoma State was kind of like your Western, your mm-hmm. Eastern, your um, comprehensive schools. I think they call them California. And so went to Sonoma State because I mm-hmm. didn't know anyone that had ever gone there. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I could be by myself. I need a, in my dorm. I need a an adventure. See y'all later. Yeah. I need to start over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at 18. <laughs> um, went up there, um, did college there, studied studio art, um, printmaking, mostly mm-hmm. communications to help appease my parents since they're helping <laughs> me get through college. And then had no idea what I wanted to do mm-hmm. after college, like a lot of kids do that maybe mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of pushed into college maybe when they weren't ready. Mm-hmm. I maybe wasn't ready, but mm-hmm. going to a four-year school was what you did. And yeah. so I did it. Um, so I applied for grad school at Cal State Long Beach in art education because I thought mm-hmm. I'll be an art teacher mm-hmm. um, and came back down to Long Beach, which was about an hour mm-hmm. from my parents. And, um, and I, you know, Long Beach seemed like an adventure. It was a bigger school and got a part-time job while I was there working in their TRIO program. Mm-hmm. So as a part-time advisor for um, the talent search program mm, yeah um there's a cool. trio is like talent search upper mm-hmm. bound and oh, mcnair what else is it you'll mm. see there's a couple now there's more mm-hmm. than three trio programs um but got a job part-time in that and um as i focused more on that and away from grad school because i found um trying to get into the art community and be mm. a art grad student like off-putting mm. um especially mm. in a time when George W. Bush was president. That was very stressful, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of traumatic things going on, and I didn't feel like making art and trying to um, convince students mm-hmm. that making art for art's sake was, like, this amazing idea. <laughs> what? You didn't want to try to convince teenagers of that? <laughs> it seemed so. But you didn't see yourself, like, with elementary, like, because they're just like, I even Woo! tried. I was like, man, I tried all ages. <laughs> Literally. I, like, did projects. And then I was like, maybe I just need to study art making. And yeah. so I, I pivoted mm-hmm. into doing a thesis on the creative process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, like, great. But then by then, I'd completely stopped making art of my own because mm-hmm. it was so stressful. Uh, yeah. And because it felt so like, oh, why am I just like thinking of something to draw when like shit is going down and people are just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. like all the grave happened. And I was like, F, F all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the and working for the trio program was so enriching and really built my self esteem mm-hmm. a lot because trio's amazing. Oh, yeah, so amazing. So for listeners who don't know much about trio, how would you describe it to them? There, it's a college access and opportunity programs mm-hmm. that um, increase opportunity for traditionally underrepresented students. Mm-hmm. And there's um, different specific charges of each program. I worked for a program called Educational Talent Search mm-hmm. that tried to cast a wide net to um, expose lots of students yeah. at certain high schools and middle schools that were written into the grant, their federal yeah, grant cool. programs, yeah. to 
what colleges are out there and how to apply mm-hmm. and how to get financial aid and what they're what it's all about. And I really loved as someone who loved college and really felt like um, from a self-esteem perspective, mm-hmm. I came into my own mm-hmm. in college. That really resonated with mm-hmm. me to then be in this, you know, be out in these schools and kind of evangelizing mm-hmm. how great college is yeah. to kids who um, their parents aren't going to encourage them to do it. Their parents are just not really encouraging them to maybe do anything. It's just like, hey, get through school. Yeah. You know, and Survive. then we'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know, take care of your brother and sister because yeah, right. I got to yeah. work when you get home. Right. And uh, so around the three-year mark of grad school when I was just kind of taking units that <laughs> would, like, relate to my degree, maybe, uh, I dropped out and yeah. got a full-time job with the TRIO program. And you never looked yeah. back. I mean, at one point I did because oh. I was like, screw California. It's uh-huh. running out of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't water your lawn yeah. any nights except for, like, so Wednesday after full moon. It, like, it was, like, the last year I lived there, it got really weird with the water in California. Yeah. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. This place is messed up. It's on fire. There's like, this is scary. Yeah, Yeah, things are burning. There's no water to put it out. Yeah. Like, I remember coming over the crest of the 405 one time, going to my parents' house for Thanksgiving. Like, just the entire valley looked like it was on fire. It was insane. Oh, it's so scary. So, yeah, at one point I I gave up on California and decided I, you know, wasn't happy in Long Beach. You know, I had a lot of, you know, good feelings working for the TRIO program, but... Mm -hmm. um, I never thought I like a person could just like oh up and move yeah. themselves. Yeah. Went to a friend's wedding up here and got reconnected with uh, like an old co- like cousin of my friend who is my godparents' daughter, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> and she had just up and moved herself mm. from Georgia to Denver, and I was like, "How inspiring! Yeah, can do that. <laughs> Did you have a job waiting for you? Is there a man?" She was yeah. like, "No, I just saved up my money and mm-hmm. moved." Yeah. And it wow. it empowered me. I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna GTFO. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. save up my money and move <laughs> yeah. and like do something." It, it kind of put the idea in my head that I can do something for myself mm. and nobody else, and that I didn't mm. have to feel guilty for mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. my students. I didn't have to feel guilty for leaving. I mean, friends that I didn't have. I never really developed a social group mm. down mm-hmm. there, and so I moved in with roommates. Um, I moved into this little bill. I like went from living in like a one bedroom apartment, yeah. paying for everything for yeah. myself, to this like little building in downtown downtown Long Beach that we called after I lived there for a couple of years, the Lesbian Melrose Place. <laughs> That's amazing. Because this, <laughs> this, these two women like lived in the upstairs apartment and were the managers yeah. and had inherited it from um, one of her like her dad. Yeah. And then every time like an old resident would move out, they would just tell the friends. <laughs> And so on will move in. That's and it was, awesome. oh, that's like amazing. the barbecue. Like it was fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Um, it was like, it was, you know, all the lesbians and me. And yeah. it was a great time, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so I had a couple roommates and saved up my money yeah. and then quit my job and moved up to Seattle and, you know, had to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the, one of the biggest differences between California and Washington? Mm. 
we love to ask our guests from all over this question. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Like the like driving culture yeah. is oh, much different. Yeah. Um, and you it mean the long like to... put your blinker on and then wait for a really long time. That makes me crazy. I learned how yeah, to drive that is in a LA. thing up here. And I was like, get over. Just you put it on. You told me move. Because well, you're <laughs> originally go. from Southern, or you went to school in. Southern I went to Cal- school in Southern California. That's where I learned to drive the most because I had right. lived overseas well, prior that to age. that. And then yeah, <laughs> driving. Wait, age. where did you go to school in California? Uh, Biola <laughs> University. Nice. <laughs> Viola. Yeah. Amazing. Bible or Bridal Institute of Los yep. Angeles, as it's sometimes called. Yeah. Three to one ratio. Get that MRS degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. I'm going to go ahead and shame that because that's basically like, the worst, but also accurate. That's awesome. Ring oh by spring. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all, all the Viola the jokes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. It's two weeks. That's awesome. <laughs> So driving up here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, driving culture. The thing about, like, saying the freeways with the the oh, in yeah, front yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. I get taken a task about that up here. I'm like, that's what it is. It's the Fry Freeway. Yeah, the five. Exactly. I, it's I still the say that. 99 <laughs> yeah. highway. Like, because the freeways in Southern California are, like, named things. Like, oh. the Hollywood Freeway. The oh, San yeah. right. Like, they're you named like a name. That. You don't always go by the number. Right. Yeah. The Glendale Freeway. The, you know. Yeah. They're called things. So we and here everyone says I on the front of yeah. things, too. And I'm like, like, who cares five. if it's an interstate? I'm not leaving the state. I'm going to, I'm going to Ikea. <laughs> On the five. On the five. The four. Yeah, I'm taking the 99 to the whatever. That's so, funny. so like that part of driving culture and like the aggressive drive. People are much mm. more aggressive drivers down yeah. there. Whereas here, uh, you know, anytime I leave my building, there's a four-way stop that I have oh. to go through, and it's a yield off every time. Yeah, and it's comical. Yield off. You're like just staring there at each other. There was a commercial Ta-da. about that that was like the, um, to the to the you know, the sit-in waiters, and it was like mm-hmm. everybody's just sitting and waiting for everybody else to go. They just put a roundabout by my house. We had a four-way, four-way stop that was like that, that was so stressful by my house, and they put in a roundabout. <laughs> oh. And when they put in a roundabout worse? for the first, like, month, there were people who were trying to, like, if you can picture this, like, not really understanding how the roundabout worked, but wanting to, like, turn around and go back the way they came, like, driving up <laughs> onto the roundabout, oh, like, and, like, and oh. then just doing, like, a really tight U-turn instead of going all the way around. <laughs> it is the, oh, my God. People don't know how to use roundabouts at all, but they're actually there be, like, a video really right great. There. I love a roundabout. Yeah. They're so efficient. Yeah. They're extremely efficient. Yeah. They. I went to Ireland in the fall, and that yes. is like the preferred yeah. intersection. Yeah. Yeah. And Ireland is the roundabout. Yeah. yeah. And I lived near a roundabout, like a big one, like the Ireland ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have them in like yeah. where to replace Baby four-way stops a lot. Neighborhood roundabouts. Yeah. Yeah. But there was one big one in Long Beach yeah. near where I lived called the Traffic Circle. Oh, and awesome. because it was like the only one in like, yeah. you know, that anybody knew about, you could just... Tell people where things were in relation to oh, the traffic. Okay. So, oh, it's like a couple yeah. blocks north of the traffic. Like oh, yeah. A, a big I know landmark. Where that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge landmark. So, yeah. anyways, I made my way up here, got um, uh, connected on like a listserv mm-hmm. to start applying for trio programs up here, mm-hmm. and had a part time job within a month of moving up here, just at a boys and girls club yeah, awesome. up the street from my nice. apartment playing Connect Four with those That's kindergarteners. Awesome. It was great. <laughs> And then got a full-time job at um, the TRIO programs at South Seattle College. A lot nice. of times TRIO programs are based at a college yeah. or other you yeah. know, public yeah. institution. And then um, 
you know, they outreach to area mm. schools. I think ours is at Evergreen. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's an Evergreen yeah. State College tour program. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I helped manage the Upward Bound programs and talent search programs. Oh, that's fun. That's awesome. There. That's yeah. great. So how did you shift from that into comms? Because that's what uh, you do now, yeah, right? I, marketing. And... I left it eventually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you guys are teachers. You know, like, yeah. in education in general, burnout is a very real thing. And I got mm. burned out. Mm-hmm. And what do you think contributed to that burnout? Because we've talked a little bit on the show about you know keeping sustainability and yeah. especially in educators. So mm-hmm. what's what was part of that experience? Just a combination of feeling overworked mm-hmm. and underappreciated. I mean, it's a hey, totally like classic combo. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, I think, has different levels yeah. of how long mm-hmm. you can tolerate it and yeah. coping yeah. mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I tried all my coping mechanisms. Tried all your tricks. I tried all the tricks. <laughs> tried all the little like changes. Yeah. And at one point was like, you know what, went back to my, you know what, it's okay to do something just for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need to make a major change and it's going to be my job. Yeah. And um, I, I've mm-hmm. always been a person, especially working in trade programs, I worked in trade programs for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it was a big source of self-esteem for mm-hmm. me. I've, mm-hmm. I've um, struggled for a long time with maintaining good mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like the classic, you know, kind of depression yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the cyclical nature of it. And um, and it really was a big source of self-esteem for me, getting to know the students, yeah. building relationships with the yep. students in a different capacity than as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. responsible yep. for anybody's yep. grade or G- yep. grade point average. Sometimes I look over at our trio advisors and mentors and I'm like, oh. You're kind of thirsty because yeah, you're like, yeah, I want to do like, that. I wish I could not <laughs> I read this essay that, that I signed. <laughs> this crappy essay. You've oh, seen it. I have. I kind of relished in it a little bit. I was like, so long. We're going on a field trip. <laughs> they'll bring them back, and they'll Our be really program, hyper. One of the one of the trio <laughs> yeah. program trips this year was they went to the University of Hawaii. Oh, to yeah. check out the campus of the University yes. of Hawaii, and they were gone I for a week. They had a like, budget just, surplus oh in the end of a grand God. year. That must have been why. Because I, I was like, what the hell? Or they got some kind of grant or some kind of something because it was it was but it was a really special trip. And can I go? You need a chaperone. When they told me they were going to the University of Hawaii, I was like, so am I? Should I work for trio? I feel like I should work for trio. I mean, pay is less, but fun is more. Exactly. It's a trade-off. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, it was really fun. Absolutely. Like, field trips and, like, the summer program. I um, ran our summer program, hired all the part-time teachers, and then was, like, the fun person in the office, you know, (laughs) that could, like, like, one of my best memories from working for Upward Bound was during the 2014 World Cup. And, of course, all my students are into the World Cup. And I got my double monitors and have it on my monitor all day long. And my favorite student, and I wasn't a teacher, I can have favorite students. (laughs) Of course. So my favorite student, Osvaldo, was, like, so into the World Cup. And it was the quarterfinals, and I think it was his team. Now I don't remember, like, what team it was. We were like, it was in the middle of the game. Yeah. He, it was after the break of classes, got to go to class. And they're doing their summer program at South Seattle College. And he was like, oh, I got to go. I was like, yeah, you got to go to class. Sorry. And he was like, okay. And didn't protest and went. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? This isn't, you know, AP Chem that he's yeah. going to. <laughs> so I sent like a little call slip, you know, yeah. with our aide. <laughs> That's get, so funny. Osvaldo. And he runs into my office. He was like, what's this for? And I was like, sit down. You can watch the game. <laughs> I was like, 
And like you know, that's the best. Filled me with joy and watched the game with my favorite student. That's great. That's amazing. That's so fun. So yeah. Anyways, left that. (laughs) So as fun as it was, left that. As fun as it was, like moments like that were what I was sad to leave. The relationships with Mm -hmm. the students were really rich and really you know filled me with self esteem. But had to leave and like you know applied for a billion jobs. Like was willing Mm. to start at the bottom Mm. in marketing Mm -hmm. and got a you know consulting job. I worked Mm -hmm. for a marketing company that has an mm. agency side and a consulting side that contracts people out to Microsoft mm. or a big mm. Windows company if we have to that <laughs> a major Windows company rhymes with I'm not a poet like the last person um, and uh, and I've been doing that for three years now, nice. and it directly correlated with me starting doing art oh, again. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. So then when did you start um, MLS Watercolors? Because that's one of the things <gasps> the that you're reveal. known for. The it's big reveal. It's my secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a, a joke. Like should, I kind I, of, should I get it out? Nope, I was no, just like, ta- Taco Man. Nobody <laughs> yeah, knows no who he knows is. Who Taco Man is. <laughs> so much like Nick <laughs> but I mean, so much. it's so Looks not Looks a lot, sounds a lot like Nick <laughs> Who so knows funny. who it is? Who knows? Who knows? We don't. <laughs> um, yeah, it correlated right around the same time. So beginning 2016, Left my job in Trio and yeah. got the job mm-hmm. um, working in marketing with um, with the Big Windows program and um, company. And, <laughs> um, st- and you know, 2016, I think, was a really stressful year for a lot of people. Mm. I wonder why. It was very traumatic. <laughs> and I uh, still feel like I haven't recovered from 2016. Oh, yeah. Like, no. I'm, st- I'm still no. having a hard time with that. No. No. And I think <laughs> for a lot of white people, especially... Yeah, there is also that level, too, that, like, uh, for many of us, I think we're really paying attention as, like, acutely as we should have been or mm-hmm. things hadn't touched in personal ways, I think, for a lot of folks. And that really um, – what's the word? We're, like, imbalance. Yeah. Right? Created disequilibri- disequilibrium and mm-hmm. just kind of made us go, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I have guilt mm-hmm. about something that I feel like I couldn't have changed, yeah. obviously. But I still have guilt, like, what if I had done more? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. What if I had – Move to Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> what if I had moved to Iowa? What if I had knocked on a few more doors or like right? yeah, talked to a few I, more people? I remember having a conversation yeah. with a friend of mine, like in the like during the primaries, yeah. just like in the hot tub. I mean, kind of, kind of just casually talking about yeah. the election, and she said, um, "You know, I can't believe this guy is like people are supporting yeah. him." And I remember saying, and it just was like a brush off. I was like. Well, there are a lot of dumbos out there, and they're having their day, but it, you know it'll go away. And now they're having their years. Uh, years, yeah. They're, oh, I mean, and yeah. I just look back on that look with such like clarity and be like, God, oh. Emily, you fool! <laughs> <laughs> not on you, but on all of us. Yeah, and he else should not be named because yes. no, not bit. unneeded. Yeah. So it was really stressful, and and um and art for me has you know. And and creating in general mm-hmm. has been a um, thing that t- like to help me, you know, maintain good self esteem, build self esteem. Mm-hmm. I feel like making something mm-hmm. is good for self esteem because you can step back and be like, I yeah. made that. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. tangible or visible yeah. or you know something that I can see that time went into, yeah. Yeah. and it's the result. Of that yeah. time. Yeah. And so when I wasn't getting, um, you know, that self-esteem from the esteemable acts of, like, I can see that student and the smile mm-hmm. on their yeah. face yeah. and the relationship I built with them and the results of that, mm-hmm. um, 
I like I needed to replace that again. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's time to start making mm-hmm. art again mm-hmm. and you know doodling. And, and not necessarily political art, right? No, just, just never. Really, what, to, uh, like I yeah. wanted to be able to turn off the yeah. turn off the radio and turn off the news and make something that wasn't related to anything mm-hmm. traumatic that I was hearing yeah. and like reconnect with people. And that's how I started MLS Watercolors. Yeah. I was um, trying to figure out like what to draw that would mean something to me that yeah. wasn't based on the mm-hmm. news and wasn't trying mm-hmm. to like be heavy and right. emo and like, <laughs> like it seemed so futile. Yeah. Like and the and yeah. the art world for me has seemed so futile for that's a long time. Mm-hmm. But like well, am I going to paint a bunch of stuff in this vacuum and then try to, like, get it in galleries and convince my friends to come? Like, that, like, seems so miserable to me. That is not... And that was what, like, we were taught in art school. Like, well, that's the trajectory. That's what you do. do. Which is so interesting because I just started following a couple of Afrofuturist artists on Instagram, and they Mm -hmm. only produce work on Instagram. Hmm. And, like, uh, their websites, they don't sell art prints. They don't... They just make their, their, like, digital artwork and it's really incredible and so just like still hear like hearing that that's still how it's taught to like you go to you go to galleries and like you you tap your social network till it comes to your art that seems so archaic it's compared to what how i feel like the art world Mm. i don't know it's changing in these kind of interesting ways it is yeah and the the learning in institutions isn't changing with the with the times, necessarily. I, I, I don't know if it is. Yeah. Because I'm not connected to those institutions anymore. Yeah. But it, I, at the time, even, I felt like, that's probably not what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that seems that's not what like a do. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so a good friend of mine, Ann Tacoman, oh. Heidi Weigel, oh, yeah. at the time when I was kind of trying to figure shout out. Shout out, Heidi. Shout out. She's an art teacher and she's an incredible yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. And it's very inspiring inspirational to yeah. me follow her on Instagram and she posted a piece that she had done with some of her students where she had had them draw just the items mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. left hand mm-hmm. and kind of the like mm-hmm. kind of scratchy kind of really like raw human yeah. image that comes up and so I was like I'm gonna do that just to get myself to put a pen yeah. or mm-hmm. you know or brush to paper I'm gonna just start drawing things around my apartment ketchup bottle, LaCroix can, you know, like door, whatever. Like Ron Swanson, and he's like, I'm going to type every word I know. Ron. Tuesday, butthole, you know. And so I was like, I'm going to draw everything in this apartment and That's awesome. with my left hand and then started drawing pictures of Sounders like oh, yeah. during a game or something. When did you first fall in love with Sounders? Uh, when I moved up here oh, okay. and was um, going to work at the Boys and Girls Club yeah. and made friends with the other employees there, they invited me to a game because they got awesome. a bunch of tickets. So I came to a free game. And as soon as they started walking out holding the kids' hands and the pageantry, I mean, I love pageantry. Yeah. Yeah. I love a ceremony. <laughs> I was like, is this a special game? With a, they're like, yeah. oh, no, they do the ceremony every, every single game. I was I love, like, I love that when's the next game and how do I get a ticket? <laughs> like, yeah. I went and yeah. bought a scarf and a jacket at halftime. Yeah. So it was <laughs> like, awesome. now I have my like my yeah, uniform gear, yeah. Yeah. and came to several, that was in 2012, came to several games that season. You know, mid, I think I came to my first yeah. game in May or whatever. Came to several, and then bought season tickets yeah. the next. It was over. Yeah, because I was like, this is my new social life. Yeah. This is excellent. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's two hours? I could go home afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> There's no tail. It's not even that home. late. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Light out. You're not going to go out in the middle and go home in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Like, no one's, like, leaving, like, oh, no one. 
I wasn't leaving all drunk and I'm time to get yeah. drunk. I know. I was like, no one. Uh, no, it was like only an hour drinking time at these games. So, Except yeah. Except some of the folks that pre fight for like seven hours. I know. Yeah, that's such a commitment. That's yeah. not me. I'm like, I like, I like really measurable um, yeah. amounts of times. So yeah. Why can't I think of the song now? We're always drinking. To us, oh, yeah. victory, and, I, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just laughing. <laughs> um, let's actually take a quick break, okay. and then we'll come back and ask you some more questions All about right. some LS watercolors. This is Alaska Airlines mileage plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel Two Five Three sister podcast Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airlines partners, like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. Listen, IWL fans, you need to read Carol Anderson's White Rage for our next Be Less Basic book club. Read it by mid-July or you're going to miss out. Do it. <laughs> Do it. All right. We're back with our lovely guest, Emily Cummings, um, which most of you probably haven't forgotten since we took a break. <laughs> but <laughs> we are currently talking about this notion of art and escape and beauty and how it helps us process things and also sounders. So you first, wow. who is your first sounder that you drew? The first sounder that I drew was Brad Evans. Mm-hmm. Why'd you pick him? Because uh, he was playing in the game that I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> so I was awesome. at um, at a friend's house for brunch. And sometimes I like to bring an activity to yeah. a friend's house yeah, sure. or to brunch because, oh, okay. you know. Sometimes I bring grading and it's really depressing. Yeah. And then I'm like, why, why did I even come to this? Like, why don't I work for Trio? Where my weekends are totally free to like, do whatever. Like, go to brunch all day at someone's house. Perfect. perfect. Brunch yeah. means like I'm going to be there for like six hours. Oh, yeah, so perfect. in case you ever invite me yeah. to brunch, yeah. that's awesome. Good. Clear After your calendar. Podcast. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> And so Brad. Uh, yeah, so I brought watercolors and markers mm-hmm. stuff. And so after brunch, I was like, let's watch the Sounders game, do some coloring. Yeah. And so I started, and I was still doing my left hand oh. thing because I still was like figuring out, mm. um, you know, because it makes you kind of just like, well, the line, that's where you put the line. Yeah. yeah. There's no erasing. Yeah. yeah. I just would use a Sharpie. Yeah. Just like, draw. Well, that's what I drew. And so I drew Brad Evans, watercolored it in, and it looked ridiculous. Yeah. Drew, um, Nico had just started drew nico and jordan and um i don't know someone else just really awkward drawings yeah posted them on twitter and my friends were like what is this yeah (laughs) i was like this is my ridiculous watercolors that i'm doing and they were like this is amazing and someone they were like you should be like do mls watercolors and i was like you make a valid point. Yeah. <laughs> I will do that. And like That's awesome. that night started the the Twitter account. Yeah. Was like, I'm taking recos, people. And people started just like yeah. telling like 
Ozzy yeah. riding a honey badger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jordan Morris, like, on a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Like, all kinds of stuff. I was just like, bam, there that is. Bam, there that is. And uh, the response filled me up yeah. so much yeah. that um, that it was just like doodles that I was drawing mm-hmm. yeah. and um, messing around and so it, it engaged the creative part of my brain mm. and people and it related to a passion of like you know people that I yep. knew already on, yep. on Twitter and um, so people were engaging with me in a way mm. that they hadn't been yeah. before yeah. and so it really like built my self-esteem up a lot and and made me forge connections with more yeah. people yeah. cuz I was like hey this is a passion that we share yeah. and awesome. this is you know something I do with my time yeah and it just kind of went from there I would you know draw you know and I stopped using my left hand cuz at one point I was like yeah. well that's ridiculous I found one draw <laughs> and I and it also kind I was of like thinking in my mind this whole time I'm like has she really been doing with no, this no I stopped after that like good. five drawings I was like I'm so impressed <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> stopped after like five or so I think the last one I did with my left hand was this one of um when we made the playoffs this that year mm. was like really big cuz we had had such a bad record mm, and yeah. it was of um Coach Brian Schmitz were like driving a bus like towards destination playoffs <laughs> or whatever. And after that, I was like, I don't need to use my left hand. <laughs> and the point was to kind of like trust where I put the line. Yeah. And you know, because I went to school kind of um, learning how to draw mm-hmm. realistically, yeah. Yeah. which is a very painstaking process. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for most people like a natural talent. Yeah. Like it's something you work hard and practice mm-hmm. and yeah. do. And for me, it was something that was hard. And you know, and so drawing a million lines and doing a million drafts and erasing was like really stressful to me yeah. and so using my left hand kind of rewired my brain to be like hey wherever I put the line yeah. that's where I put yeah. the line deal with it and make yeah. the next decision <laughs> you know like that's awesome. um, and it was very freeing creatively yeah. for me and then friends responding to it and you know it kind of reaching a bigger audience via the, mm-hmm. via the magic of social media like mm-hmm. artists that just started posting yeah. on Instagram as opposed to going to galleries um, it you know kind of shot those dopamine levels up on a regular yeah, basis awesome. and then suddenly Sound Art Heart reached out yeah. and said hey do you want to post your illustrations so cool. on our oh, site and that's great I was like sure absolutely and they've, been, they've been super supportive just nice. kind of letting me like do stuff when I can have time and yeah. want to um, it's been really great well and then you also should I reference your freelancing that you I think you do regularly right yeah for okay. the team and for the Ray Foundation yeah and then like for people on the internet so like they reached out to you uh-huh. and you made this amazing watercolor of us yes. and then in a pinch I really wanted something special for my mom and dad's anniversary and yeah. like I had planned but I really hadn't planned and then I was like oh my gosh what can I get them that's something that they don't already have because they yeah. don't need more piles of crap for their 50th um, you know because uh, you've lived a life right and so when I reached out it was awesome because I just sent you a couple pictures and then you created this like perfect super capturing. cute pictures her parents it just are so like cute. captured they them really so cute. perfectly yeah yeah I loved it like so, little kind of avatars of yeah. people yeah. I did that for a little bit yeah, I've been too busy lately I've been too busy because I was going to plug your business no don't if, plug if, that yeah, okay okay uh, <laughs> one thing you can we can plug uh, there are a couple left of yeah. um, the cat scarf okay talk about the cat because I have that in here as one of our show note questions <laughs> tell me why this cat scarf when 
and how did that get inspired? <laughs> so the cat scar. So like fast forward and like MLS watercolors is like now my hobby yeah. that I just do. Whenever I'm not working, I'm like what kind of doodling, yeah. thinking of ideas, yeah. and um, it just just really brings me a lot of joy. And for um, the Sounders, do this uh, scarf contest mm. every year that people, designers, kids, whoever wants to, can design a scarf, yeah. and it'll you know kind of go through the alliance council. We'll pick the top five. This kind of fan, yeah. you know, democracy, democracy, whatever, <laughs> sort of, yeah, kind of. I mean, whatever. Um, and uh, we'll pick the top five, and then people with season tickets will vote yeah. on oh, what yeah. scarf will become the next year's season ticket holder oh. scarf that 30,000 yeah. people will yeah. get with yeah. their season tickets. And so I was like, what if there was one covered in cats? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need to be about the soccer. Space Needle <laughs> or the, yeah, the stadium. It. it could just be a bunch of cats. And so as a joke, <laughs> I posted on my like, hey, Alliance Council, I know I missed the deadline, but what about this? And um, they were like, ha-ha. But my friends were like, this is awesome. Let's make it. And so I entered it really into the contest. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, like before the deadline, filled out the form, yeah. put the Pantone colors, like the whole yeah. thing. And launched a social media yeah. campaign it was, behind yeah. it. Photoshopped it into any picture, <laughs> like action picture That's of a awesome. player where they have their hands separated out enough where I could just put the scarf yeah. onto it like they were holding it. It was during the 2015 men's, no wait, 2015, no, 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 2000, when was the last men's World Cup? Last year, I guess. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's really early in the morning, people, if you're just like yeah, listening on your commute like it's... <laughs> It's like, might as well be dawn. <laughs> um, so during the 2018 Men's World Cup, I photoshopped it onto my fave guy in the whole wide world, Rob Stone, like holding yeah. it in like front of like the Russian. Like, That's awesome. It's, it's all like to get it out there on Twitter, like vote for me. Yeah. You know, so good. Emily for Cat Scarf or whatever. Yeah. And. And uh, spoiler alert, it did not get chosen <laughs> oh, to be made so 30,000 scars. Like, <laughs> that would so the, yeah, so, so, But there's a happy ending. Mm. I had people reach out to me, like, how yeah. can we, like, let's get this made for real. Here's these scarf companies. Like, here's, like, ways. Yeah. Even someone was like, I'll start you a Kickstarter, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I reached out to a scarf company, ordered 100, and was like, that would be enough. I can convince sure. a bunch of friends to order some yeah. of these. They'll break even on yeah. this. Um, and then, um, like, posted this puzzle on a Friday night. You could, like, put together the puzzle online and get a QR code oh! and get a, you know. And <laughs> by so 24 hours, it sold out of those yeah. 100 in pre-order. Yeah. Now oh, it's sold wow. almost 700. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Scars, yes. That's so great. A dollar of each has gone to uh, Seattle Humane Society <laughs> oh, to nice. actually go to Cats in Need. Yeah. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, it's been really fun, like, engaging with people. I literally have, like, 25 left of the order, like, that eventually got to 700. Like, every week or two, I would email the scarf guy and be like, Bill. (laughs) Can you just add some more? I need another 100. And he would just be, like, shipping me boxes of 100 at a time. Um, And he was, (laughs) even at one point, like, he emailed me and was like, my wife (laughs) said she thinks she saw... A picture of a sounder holding a cat scarf. <laughs> and I was like, excuse you? And and it was like after a game. And one of my friends, Kelly, who was like, shout out to Kelly, lives in Bremerton, um, had bought four of them. Oh, she's yeah. the most one of you know, everyone so has a friend that's like the yeah. most supportive. Like, I get yeah. all of them. Friend. Yeah. She was like, I'll take four. 
Well, she like at one game like passed one oh. down to Steve yeah, Zakawani oh, and yes. told him to pass it to Will Bruin while it was hanging in his locker. Yeah. And Danny, their Twitter guy, like took a picture of him holding it. So all of a sudden, oh, I'm like, gosh. "What?" And it's on Twitter, <laughs> yes. and I'm like, "Our striker just scored two goals yes. holding the cat scarf." <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, just like yeah. it came full circle yeah. for me, um, and just like. Like it lights up my life, and I like I go to games so and good. I see people walking around, yeah, like yeah. wearing. Wait, them. how many do you have left to sell on your website? Tw- like about twenty. All right, y'all. We'll put link in the show notes. You get out there, get, get the cat scarf. Get your cat scarf. Thecatscarf.com. Is that is that really what it is? You bet it is. <laughs> That's I thought you were going to talk about like five. Nope, I'm in marketing. I know. Yeah, I know little tricks to do. That's awesome. <laughs> That's true. That's well, so I great. think this is a perfect segue to a new segment Brand that new. we want to try today. Whoop. So we're going to launch a new segment uh, called Champagne and Real Pain. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my brother-in-law, Frederick Gibbs, for helping us uh, with this because actually it is due to his constantly shouting of this phrase that uh, inspired us with this segment today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out. Champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. So uh, we're going to start first with raising a glass of champagne to some real friends out there who are amazing allies, who are doing the good work. Yeah. Do you, either of you ladies want to start with that toast first? Hmm. Who's doing good stuff? I have several. Great. Awesome. Go for it. Let's raise our glasses. Okay. So first one is one of my favorite Instagram artists. We're talking about Instagram artists yeah. um, to follow. Yeah. Um, it's uh, KristaDavid.art. Great. And she just, she's a, such a good Instagram follow yeah. for many reasons. She is constantly making art, which mm. to me as an artist is inspiring because yep. there's a, a big thing in the art world of like artists will take these long breaks yeah. From, yeah. from making art. Even though they identify part of their identity as an mm-hmm. artist, they take long breaks because sometimes whatever's mm-hmm. happening in their life, you know, they just like can't. And so Krista David is constantly making art, but also in her stories, she does stories every day, like when she's making coffee and talking about what she's going to do that That's day. Awesome. And sometimes going into why it's been hard to make art or what mm-hmm. you know, what are her blockers. Yeah. And um, hearing that like very real process from mm-hmm. another person, even from mm-hmm. the other side of the country. I think she lives in like the Atlanta area right now. Mm-hmm. Um is just fantastic and always has, puts a positive spin on things, even if it's like yeah. she's having a bad day. Yeah. And so, um, raising a glass to Krista David. Hey, Dutton, raise right. that glass. That's awesome. I would like to raise a glass to Little Nas X, who this week showed up at an Ohio elementary school. I saw that. And so performed Old Town Road, <laughs> but he didn't really perform it because all the 500 elementary school children were screaming and singing along and losing their mind. It was extremely cute. And he just did it because he could. Um, yeah. I was listening to this uh, interview with the principal and she basically had like tagged him in a tweet because yeah. the kids had sung it, you know, for, for this a like, talent show and, or yeah, something. And yeah, and for like this end of the year thing, they, they play Ugh. a song, the kids vote on a song. And so they had already played the song and all the kids had like sung along for their last day or close to their last day. And she tagged him in that video. It was like a fifth grade mosh pit. Like all the kids were like, yeah. it's wild. But it, it was, was an entire baby school. Kid so jumps. Yeah. The way kids oh jump my up gosh. and down when they're excited. So it's amazing. Horrible. I'll link to yeah. the video of it. It is so good. So, yeah, essentially she tagged him and he responded and was like, yeah, sure, I'll come out there. And then, like, DM'd her about it and then they set it up. And then she had it. She was talking about how she had to keep it hush-hush because she couldn't let her, you know, the media know and then right. all of her teachers. And so she pretended that they were just coming back into 
the auditorium or the gym where they, you know, had their thing previously and just have one last time with the song. Yeah. Right. And everyone believed him. And then he got in there and they lost their minds. So I would have lost raising a glass. Too. Little Nas X. Nice job. So great. Uh, Any other raising glasses? Yeah. So on this kind of art and performer and, you know, just like making amazing art themes, um, I, Old Town Road, I would consider to be amazing art, um, especially when you can inspire children to dance and have a fifth grade mosh pit. The um, the artist I was talking about earlier that I was I was thinking about her um, handle on Instagram is underscore Tilly the artist and she does Afrofuturistic art and it is uh, beautiful and amazing and if you like Afrofuturism as a genre or you just like digital art where people are also space you should just check it out because it's really cool like Perfect. galaxy hair yeah, yeah. I think you have one more Emily one I more class to raise. Um, let me go back to my notes because I get really nervous. I forgot it. <laughs> um, it's Jamila Jamil, oh, okay. uh, mm. actress from mm-hmm. The Good Place. Uh, oh, yeah. Also a good follow on Instagram. And she does a lot of speaking and um, kind of outreach and evangelism about body acceptance and just kind of you know self-love and loving who you are for what you are and not needing to Mm. change for any you know person or institution Mm. or societal um you know whatever yeah sounds great so one of my faves all right now it's time for some real pain who deserves some real pain oh boy um (laughs) i got two go ahead yeah go ahead Anti-vaxxers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Send that pain. 900. Well, prob- ironically, measles pain. Uh, 900 cases of measles this year <gasps> in America. It is no longer eradicated in the United States. It's like oh, the CDC officially. Because you know when they say it's eradicated, it's like a l- very little number that doesn't spread, right? Or there's yep. none at all. Mm-hmm. So because it mm. went above a th- certain threshold now, we're like haven't eradicated measles anymore. Yeah. No. I'm going to go ahead and dish out some real pain to Representative Steve King of Iowa, who's for a long time been a very overt racist. But more recently, he was uh, his racism was analyzed on CNN with Kamau Bell and Don Lemon. And they they played a clip of him and the two of them just couldn't stop laughing because it's so absurd and wild. And then you also think uh, Kamau says something like. Everyone should run against him. Like, just everyone in that state, yeah. just put your name in so that he is not leading your right. state. And, yeah, he deserves some real pain for that uh, that racism there. Yeah. Here, here. Any other final real pain? I, I had one about, um, about, 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 I forgot. Um, did you have another one you want to share? I do have another one. You go ahead, and then I'll come it's, back. I'll think about it while you're, while you're talking. It's people with rage. So whether oh. that's road rage, Twitter rage, which is yeah. like, it's just rage that is directed. It's not productive. Mm. And I've, I've, you know, fallen into that trap mm-hmm. at times back in my days on an uh, you know, a social media site that shall not, not be named, <laughs> but one of you know one of the originals. No. Um, Wait, I'm like live not, journal. No, my space? Oh, no. <laughs> no. MySpace. The F word one. That I'm not on anymore because yeah. it induced rage. Yeah. It induced social media rage, which is kind of like road rage in your house. Yeah, it's not it's like not it's good. just. It's like it's I like, need to follow this person and be mad at them for as long as I can. On the and really show them who's right, but no one's yeah. right. And no. I've you know kind of taken a turn towards positive. on social media and you know just for my own health and trying to lift people up but people with rage in general like deal with your shit (laughs) go to counseling also like there's like grown ass adults need to go to counseling it doesn't matter if you're if you feel like you are completely mentally healthy still go to counseling because we all 
lot of things we're dealing with we don't want to talk it's to our so family true. and friends about go to counseling yeah. period yeah it's like taking vitamins yep. I mean, exactly. it can only so make you healthy and if you exactly. if you only take vitamins when you go to counseling then at least maybe you'll get vitamins like once <laughs> <counseling>. twice a <laughs> month I don't know like <laughs> just like just take care of yourself please yes um, I, I remembered mine um, okay real I was pain, gonna say, for all the people who are like holding female presidential candidates to like absurdly different standards uh, than male uh, presidential uh, candidates yeah. like get out of here no. like what are you Shame doing Shame real pain like, Elizabeth Warren is like has a plan for literally everything. Like she has a calculator on her website where you can put in how much you pay for childcare, and it'll say like under her plan how much money you would save if you like mm. if you like elect her, and then like she gets her childcare stuff. Like her ideas about universal childcare pass through, and I was it's literally like we would pay zero dollars, and I'm like okay, mm. so can we do that? That'd be yeah. great. I'm so sick of the. Uh, the kind of like fake support of a female candidate. Oh, yeah. It's like, yes, a woman, but not that woman. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's not perfect. Yeah. Right. Which, which we went through with Hillary. Yeah, yeah. With the right. like, yeah, she's problematic. Jesus, like, have you, you seen know, Joe Biden? I mean, <laughs> Joe Biden's uh, really problematic. All the men for centuries that have been elected into office. Really anyway. problematic. Like, men in there's general are, are like, problematic. I'm sorry, Doug's not problematic. Yeah, Doug's not problematic. Everybody has faults, so yeah. quit holding people to this. Ridiculous go to counseling standard. and quit holding <laughs> people to take your vitamins. Go to counseling and drink water. Take a nap. Go I mean, for a walk and don't and don't hold women to like impossible standards while you hold men to no standards and in make politics. something turn yeah. off the tv and make something we're yeah. basically heading yeah. into our final segment do your fudging homework interchangeable white ladies so, so i was gonna say is go on to mls watercolors website which i'll link to here for sure um and buy some of her stuff and also cat scarf get a cat yeah, scarf a cat scarf just what emily just said like get creative um find something i know that as a teacher i forget during the school year i get so into work that i don't stop to do creative things but when i do i have like a little like bursts of creativity like i had a friend whose daughter just turned one and i I, I crocheted her daughter an otter for her birthday, and uh, for <laughs> Michelle otter. Yeah, I should show I you. I see a picture. Yeah. I might have a picture. Hopefully, I have a picture. Oh. Um, but oh, um, so I started crocheting little animals, and I realized that, like, because cr- for me, crochet is very relaxing, and so mm. and knitting is really relaxing. For some people, it's not. It creates rage because it's hard. But um, <laughs> but if you know, if you can get into a rhythm, like it's really relaxing. And so I just need to do that more. And in the summer, of course, I want to, like, do creative things and I yeah. have time. I wish I just need to incorporate that more into my life. And I would encourage other people to do the same. Go to One counseling, our... drink water, take your vitamins, <laughs> do a craft. Like, and yeah. shout out to Tarvin's Crafternoons, where she basically invites people to come over and do weird crafts. Absolutely. Um, and they're awesome. Yeah. Whatever you feel like doing. And I feel like making stuff isn't just a craft. Make no. breakfast. Yes, that's true. Make dinner. Make plant bread. some plants. Like, yeah. I, I sometimes get people saying, like, oh, but you're creative. I'm mm. like, every human is creative. That's as soon as point. you create... One thing, That's a like good an point. adorable otter. I found the going to go ahead and put your baby on the it. internet with that. Oh, otter. it's so <laughs> It's not my baby. I, we have to ask permission. Oh, wait, whose baby? It's somebody else's baby. Ms. I'm going to assign Michelle for homework. Baby. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to assign for homework the show Making It with yep. Amy Poehler and Ron Swanson. Oh, yeah. I think yes. it's on Hulu or Amazon Yeah, Prime. I think it is on Hulu. And it's just, it's a, it's like yeah. a... You know, it's kind of like one of those like cooking reality shows, but like with crafters, yes. and it's so cute and sweet and positive. Um, and then I brought some um, homework. Oh yes, also, she's like channeling oh, yeah. my inner trio. Okay, what other homework you got? Yes, um, so one of my I this is one of my favorite artists, yep. um, Eric Drucker, and he's a um, he's a um, he's a graphic novel. 
yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. And awesome. so these are my two favorite books by him, Blood Song, which is um, kind of like a female allegory journey, mm. but it's beautiful. It's all watercolor oh, wow. and Look scratch board. Oh, my God. And oh, wow. it's just beautiful. So that's Homework, Blood Song by Eric Drucker. And then this is, if you like poetry or I mean oh, Allen yeah. Ginsberg is like Allen Ginsberg just read some Allen Ginsberg that's good for Allen Ginsberg but they that they also. did a collab that's oh, wow. um Eric Drucker um scratch boards and Allen Ginsberg what? poems that is just that's amazing inspires me and is just a really good that's um, really beautiful look and read and then this was uh, we never talked about it, but my primary source material <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little I reference to Alice in Wonderland I was like I need to prepare for any <laughs> potential ready. that's awesome Emily thank you so much for coming on the show this was such a thank pleasure thank you thank you for having really me appreciate it's like it. a dream come true <gasps> bye bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts. Move to Tacoma. Nerd Farmer. Citizen Tacoma. Crossing Division. Flounder's B-Team. We Art Tacoma. And Taco Man. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. How can... Uh, really? <laughs> Why? 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 Oh, <laughs> Welcome to the... Inter- inter- <laughs> no. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.